0: Hey guys, this is Will. One quick note before you listen. Uh, today's podcast with uh, Titans Film Room went a little bit long, so we're going to split it into two parts. One will come out today, obviously, and the other will come out on Friday. So, yeah, enjoy part one.
2: This is Rashawn Evans, and you'll listen to the No Nonsense Podcast. Welcome to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. And as Will graciously reminded us a few hours ago, um, when this episode comes out on Wednesday, it will be 15 days away from the NFL
1: Draft. It's crazy time for for a second when this whole coronavirus thing started, um, it felt like time was going incredibly slow and uh, it it felt like we were just stagnating in time, at least for me. Uh, But now time is just going by really quickly and the draft is coming up so soon. Uh, And honestly, I just kind of forgotten about the draft because free agency kind of came to a grinding halt after the first couple of days. Uh, we're essentially in like the fifth wave, and nothing is happening. Uh, so it's good that the draft is coming soon. Uh, even though there's still a couple of free agents out there that the Times are probably still looking at, and uh, they might need to know what's going to happen with them uh, before they get to the draft.
0: Yeah, and I think this has kind of been the sentiment on Twitter uh, for the last two or three days. Is you know you look up and it's like, oh yeah, the draft is two weeks away. So, you know. And everybody says, you know, why is that? What's going on? What's making it feel so long? And I think it's for Titans fans, at least. It's that the free agency period never stopped. Like, before the first week was over, the rumor started about Jadavion Clowney and the Titans and the Jarrell Casey trade. And it's like, okay, we'll wait for that shooter drop, and then we'll go. And then it was like, everybody else signed, and Clowney's obviously still not on the Titans unless he signs, you know, Tuesday night. But, like, I think... It mentally or whatever the next mile marker is okay what happens with clowning and in titans fans heads and rightly so it feels like the off season can't progress until something happens there so you know we're just all sitting around waiting for that to happen and you know also we've got this major pandemic going on in the background so your sports focuses on one thing and then your life focuses on another and then everybody's like, March is taking forever. March is taken forever. And then March finally finishes. And it's like, oh, yeah, April, like, once April starts, it's two or it's three weeks away from the NFL draft. Well, so, I mean, you know, it, you, it, it's a very strange time.
2: Well, you and uh, our understudy host, Nick Lombardi, were, were talking on Twitter last night. And I hopped into that conversation talking about, you know, it feels like the draft has kind of snuck up this year. And I, th- I have really three reasons why I think that's happened. The, the first is that... You know the deep playoff run not only distracted us from the draft for a while, but also gives them a very late pick. They pick 29th, and so you know they're not going to get an A-list player, and so it's not nearly as exciting as I mean even at last year at 19, you know you're thinking maybe a Montez Sweat, a very exciting pass rusher. You know they end up getting Simmons, of course. Uh, so so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is. They had so many many free agents to deal with that free agency was really the sole focus for a while because you had you know, four or five guys coming out that you, you wondered if they were going to resign and then you know, who are they were going to go out and get. But then the other thing is last year the draft was in Nashville, and so that even added more flame to the fire of the hype and the buildup and the excitement. And now you know, it was going to be in Las Vegas. Now it's going to be... Literally everywhere uh, because of the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, I think those are really the three reasons why it feels like, oh my goodness, it's two weeks away, and I didn't even—I'm not ready,
1: you know. Yeah, and, and then a couple of years of years ago, we had the fifth pick, and we had the 18th pick, um, and it, it's good—it's good that we're finally good again, you know, and we're yeah. an AFC Championship caliber team. Uh, but with that comes like you said a really late pick and given what a lot of people feel about this draft and what some of us feel about this draft uh we're not sure we're going to get that good of a player at 29 to be honest and or at least one of the ones that that we coveted maybe one of the ones that the titans covet so uh, i i think that's another another aspect to it as well
0: and i'll say this too we don't really know what the top need is for the Titans because if Jadavian Clowney signs that changes everything if they strike out on Clowney and go back and get Logan Ryan that changes everything so you know you really don't know what they're going to have an eye on which is different from every other season because John Robinson historically wants to replace uh, snaps with his first-round pick and you kind of know these are the two or three positions he's focused on but it's probably going to be this one and then you also know okay of that group this is who they did private visits with which aren't happening this is who they showed them the most interest in like that was the big thing about Simmons last year is that they did so much work on Simmons they were at his pro day talking to him when he couldn't even work out like when he just did the bench press like they were all over him so even if there wasn't a need there you could see the breadcrumbs where it's like okay we should have paid more attention to these things. Like, we should have paid more attention to the rumors that the Titans were interested if they fall. Like, if he falls there, it's not just a ploy to get the It's somebody to trade above the Colts. Like, all that looking back made sense and pointed to this happening. I mean, we've got very few breadcrumbs now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And before we continue, I'll say this: We have a great show for you. Titans Film Room, also known as Justin Graver, uh, will be joining us in just a few minutes to talk everything Titans in the draft. That's going to be a lot of fun. Next week, we'll have Justin Mello on from uh, the Draft Wire. He is an has been an annual guest of our podcast uh, all three years now that we've podcasted together, and that's always a a fun episode. We always have him on for a whole episode. So you no, know, so nothing but draft talk next week with Justin. But but before we get to uh, Titans film room, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the draft being a remote draft this year. That the memo came out the other day that you know everybody's going to be drafting on their computers or over the phone, and obviously that has to happen, right, with the coronavirus. But my sort of question is. Like, you know, let's say there's two minutes left on the clock and you're the Bengals and you're like, Alright, we're gonna call Joe we're gonna call Joe Burrow and we're gonna draft him and, and then you know, two minutes left and the Cleveland Browns call and they said, We'll give you our next seven years first round picks for Joe Burrow And they're like, Oh my gosh, let's do it. Well, so like what happens if someone's internet goes out or there's a spotty phone connection and like I mean there was something in Goodell's memo about like having NFL tech people go to your house and you know, I think that more than the no one's face to face. Cause honestly, who cares? You kind of know who you're going to pick anyway, but it's the, like what, what concerns me about it is the technical difficulty potential.
1: I am concerned as well. And I'm going to sound like some sort of conspiracy theorist here. Um, but like, what are the odds that, the NFL draft gets hacked. Like there's an actual percentage
2: chance that that happens. And people have been complaining about that. John Harbaugh today, Ravens head coach, voiced his concern about that. Ian Rappaport has mentioned that several coaches are concerned about that. I mean, that's a world that's totally foreign to me, the idea of, you know, hacking and all of that. But, I mean, I imagine, I mean, you remember when all of the NFL team accounts got hacked by the, the people a few months ago, that group, Right. I mean I imagine that could happen
1: yeah I, I mean br- big brands on Twitter get hacked all the time like every other week it happens so <laughs> I like I, I would actually be concerned if I was Goodell or any any other team um about that but maybe maybe I'm just being a little paranoid
0: I mean I think I think it's a pretty valid thing to be worried about uh, I will say I'm 100 percent sure there will be other safeguards in place like You'll have to send it in electronically, and then also there'll have to be a phone call, like or there'll be some sort of identification code that you have to give, or something like that. You know, it'll be something like that, which is the smart way to do it. I can't imagine it won't be like it, it just like it's like okay, they typed this word in, like let's go, like I mean, I mean, mean, at at that point, you know,
2: who's to stop me from, I don't know, finding the the figuring out the phone number I need to call and call and be like, you know. This is Ozzie Newsom. We're taking Marlon Davidson from Auburn. I mean, well, I mean, there has think, to be a safeguard in place so that that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, if I'm if I'm just off the top of my head, like Aussie is idea,
2: retired. By the way, forgot about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just anybody else. Uh, but I mean, I, I would send something like pen and paper, like write down, to, like you know, print out like a word and say, you know this is your password, like, it's just, you know, random letters and numbers or whatever, and send it to them and just say, when you call to confirm your pick, you have to give us this code, and, you know, we have to have a confirmation from you receiving this. Like, you know, they'll have to do that soon. And that's not super hard, but, the you know, just the pure idea of, like, somebody could get hacked, and it's like, okay, well, the Ravens picked, you know, Lamar Jackson, the cornerback, instead of like, you know, it's just as a joke. <laughs> so like, here, they got hacked and did that.
2: Here's an idea. Um, when I was in high school, I worked at a, uh, a summer camp, and every year we did this like scavenger hunt thing. And every time you found a clue, you had to send the camp director a selfie with your team holding the clue. So what if just all the GMs have to send Roger Goodell a selfie holding <laughs> the draft card of who they're going to draft?
0: That, I mean – that's not bad. Like the, the the only problem I would say is like it's really easy. Like you see all those Photoshop pictures online of people like yeah. with a sign that says something, and then like they've photoshopped it to say something else. Like I know the Taylor Swift song had like a lot of those memes like a long time ago, but you know I, I'm sure like that's a problem is like you know it could happen. Like you know with all like the deep fake stuff and all that, like you can pretty much do anything you want now online. So, like, unless you're in the same room with somebody, it is hard to be 100% sure about what's going on. But, you know, having said that, it, I, I am not too worried about it. I would be more worried about, like, if EA was going to do that whole, like, these players are going to walk up and we're going to do like, oh, a virtual, like, yeah. whatever. Like, I would be I more worried like about them getting hacked. It's and then weird. it's like somebody's <laughs> like, oh, this is uh, this is Tristan Wirf's... Uh, Intro and they play it and then it's just like somebody hacked them and just put whatever video <laughs> when, they wanted when, on there when, and it's like when, whoops.
2: When Ian Rappaport tweeted like, um, you know, EA Sports is going to make virtual walk-up videos. I'm like, okay, Barry McAughaner.
0: I mean, is it
2: is it ridiculous or does like
0: does it just make that much sense like to just do that? Like I think
2: it's weird. Like, do we really need that? Well, no, no. I mean, we really no. don't need any of it. Like, that's the thing is, like, it's all spectacle.
0: Like, I mean, he, exactly. in, like,
2: and here's the thing. You're not fighting for anyone's attention. This is the undisputed number one event on television because there is literally nothing else. Yeah.
0: I mean, we've talked about it, In, in I'm curious to see what you think about this, Matias, because I think I know Luke's stance on this, but I know Adam Schefter talked about it before, how he would do, what, like, his proposed fix for all this is you just do one round a night for a week Mm -hmm. because you've got the schedule open and then you just say okay like everybody gets to reshuffle their boards if you want to call on a medical on a guy you won the fifth round you don't have to do that in the middle of day three when everything's hectic like you can just take 12 hours and do that so where what would
1: you do i i like that idea i someone someone uh mentioned it like a couple of weeks ago and i thought it was i thought it was a very good idea i'm surprised the nfl didn't even consider it really, but nothing surprises me about the NFL at this point. I will say, but, um, like,
2: for for us though, as people that cover this, and you know, we podcast about it, and, and Will and I write about all this, that would be a rather laborious week. Like I feel like that yeah. would be the never-ending week from hell if that happened.
1: Yeah, but we could do a podcast on every single round every night. <laughs> That's, That's true. That would yeah. be a good like, idea. Yeah, I <laughs> plus, mean, there's a lot to write about. Like, yeah. it, Plus, it gives you a lot of time to actually... Think about what may happen, and you could have every night. You could have a show on NFL Network, uh, first round recap, yeah. uh, like a recap of every single round. Go through all the players. It gives you a lot of time to to come up with a lot of content.
0: Yeah, and I mean, think about it. Like, think about you're going into round six, and everybody kind of has draft atrophy or whatever. Well, like. You can take the best players, like let's say, you know, Jake Fromm is available. He probably won't be, but let's say he is. And it's I like, forgot you can he's play, in draft. Yeah, like... <laughs> <I'm
2: sure many laughs> do, he is hashtag but, not good.
0: Yeah, so Correct. he could be there in the sixth round. But imagine, like, if you're you know you're the first team up like let's say you haven't drafted a quarterback your team needs a backup or something like that and jake Fromm's still available well now espn can run old reruns of you know georgia versus alabama and sec championship game like games where georgia played really well so they can hype them up and then they have content that they don't you know it doesn't cost them a dime they've got it for free already they get to play it like it's a win-win for all the stations like and you know for writers, it's good content to write about. You know, you don't have to try to cover somebody haphazardly from round four while you're waiting on the round five pick. Like, It does yeah. give you more time to do it, because it's not like the number of moves change. It's well, just see, the speculation changes.
2: From the perspective of, of a writer, that's one of the hard parts about the late days in the draft. Because like the first day, it's very easy. You wait all day. You figure out who the player's going to be. You fire away. But like on day two, I think day two is the hardest day to cover, if, especially if you cover a team like the Titans did last year where you had two picks because you, you're waiting and waiting, waiting, waiting for that first player. And then like, you don't want to react to, you know, you're in the middle of reacting or writing about, you know, AJ Brown last year and then Nate Davis hits. And like, you've got to totally shift your mind at that. And you got to hop on a conference call and every, and It's, it's a lot. And so I don't know. I go back and forth on, Obviously, in a normal setting, that'd be a horrific idea. But now, I kind of go back and forth <laughs> on whether that the the seven-day thing would work.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also think it would be a really—it would have been a good gesture on the NFL's part to do that because a lot of times these late-round picks, they don't get any of the shine like at all. Like They'll mention your name in passing, and they won't even show highlights, and that's it. Uh, and I think this was a good opportunity— uh, you could actually talk about the player. You could analyze the player, which a lot of the time these analysts that are on air either don't have the time or their producers just simply don't want them to talk about them. And uh, I think that would have been a cool uh, a cool different dynamic uh, that you could have added to this draft.
0: Something I want from the draft going forward, period, is I want – and I know we all talk about it as something we hate – but. I want less of the gimmick, like the zoos doing sixth round picks, all oh, that kind of stuff. They're so like,
1: dumb. It, so nobody,
0: dumb. I nobody enjoys it. It's very corny. Like it is a bad. It is the one bad part of the NFL draft. I I think what should happen Ugh. is, you know, the commissioner gets paid a lot of money, and the one public thing he has to do is read the draft picks in the first round, and he does that and leaves right now, especially with him being the one who's pushing everything to be on schedule, it would be really nice to see him read every draft pick out. Like it comes in, he goes up, he's sitting at a podium, whatever he's at home, you know, with a blazer up top and no pants on. He he doesn't have to get dressed. He just has to sit there and say like, you know, with the 232nd pick in the NFL draft, the so-and-so, you know, just, just read that off. All you got to do is, I mean, it's, you read a thousand words in public, that's it. Like, you don't have to you know, you don't have to even know the people. He didn't know Mariota's name, you know, and he was the second overall pick. Like he's obviously not afraid to look Mariota. like a fool on I, national te- television. Mariota. So. I
2: want Mariota. More, I want more of Vince Young announcing Titans picks. <laughs> no Dude, because no. I, I hate the on. Honor Landry jokes, but like f- f- real talk, I was super confused for about fifteen seconds as to who the Titans had picked when he said Honor Landry. I'm so scared.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and Key for sure. <laughs> but you, I, I just remember being can, like,
2: can, "I'm watching." Because I, I think I had sent you all a message. I was like, "This has got to be Landry." It's the only thing that makes sense. And he goes, "Titan selected, honor Landry." And I go, "I remember going, who?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like uh, flipping through my, I'm like flipping through classic. my papers. I'm like, I, "I don't know who this guy is." And and then they put up Harold Landry on the board I was like, "Wait, that's what he said?"
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I've told you before. I was about to tweet out from my phone because I was doing something else on my computer, like I was writing something, and uh, I got picked my phone up to like tweet it, and I had an alert from Bleacher Report that was like uh, Harold Landry selected, and I was like, not nah, like, which is infuriating. Like it's like somebody else opening your birthday oh, presents I and then telling hate you all draft that. So. Like I, I've I've turned off alerts like since then, but that was that was the time when I was like, well, this was the worst because that's also a draft <laughs> where you get four picks, so you're like, well, twenty five percent of my draft just got you know taken away from me. So, you yeah. know that that was one where I didn't get like caught up in the confusion of it all because I didn't even hear him say it.
2: <laughs> and only three but, of them were good at football, <laughs> which is a pretty good hit rate.
0: Uh, but it, the whole like. I think Vince Young should do it, but your team only gets to draft the player if he says their name correctly and he's not allowed yeah. to prep at all. <laughs> like he has to come in cold. It's like if you're gonna take Brandon Ayuk, you need to know like that you probably won't get him. So like don't push that guy off the board. Like, like back it's back like, to
2: the back to the gimmicky stuff that happens on day three. I remember I, I was at the draft on the first night and then the other two nights I did not go. And, you know, people were like, Did you have fun? I was like, Yeah, I enjoyed it. But I was ready to get the heck out of there once the nonsense started.
1: Yeah, it's it's too much, man. And, and they could really, the NFL could do or win back a lot of goodwill with the fans if they just if they just announce the picks. You don't just announce the picks. Yeah, one person well, announcing see, the pick. Let's get through this.
2: And see, yeah. that's the, that's the thing. Is like the first night, like because that, that was my first and only draft that I've been to in person. And so it was, it, was, it was so cool. And, you know, like, it's the draft. And, you know, you see Roger get up there announcing the picks and, and and everything. And it's awesome because there's so much drama. And you're seeing the people walk, you know, onto the stage to get their cap and everything. But then, like, by day two, it doesn't feel like the draft. It just feels like a selection meeting.
1: Yeah. Where and then they they bring out a different person every single pick. And it takes forever, and yeah. then they they go like two or three picks behind, and it's just it's the worst, yeah, man. I, I really hate it. I'm still I really upset. Yeah, that's,
2: that I did not yeah. see a single famous person like on the street because I was looking, like I was walking around, keeping my eyes open. I did not see anyone that I. The only person I even saw that I knew was I ran into Tehran. That was the like.
0: The, <laughs> just your friends, like you. <laughs> none of your friends showed up. My colleagues. <laughs> yeah. Like I
2: ran. I mean, I, 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 I saw like. My bosses, but like I had a planned meeting with them. Like in terms of like, I remember someone said, "Are you a local?" And I said, "Yes." And I they said, "Where do you buy a cowboy hat?" I'm like, "That's not a question for a local." <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> You're like
0: out by the cattle ranch, like you know where we all get them in Nashville, yeah. the city like, of twelve people. I was like I don't, I don't know.
1: know stigma. <laughs>
0: um, I will say like. I think there, and I've heard that this is not my idea. I've heard somebody else say it, but there is something the idea of having the general manager call your name out in round one and instead of Goodell. And then after that, your front office decides, like, it's like, okay, if it's the middle of the third round and your team's trying to trade around and stuff and the draft is behind, you can send a regional scout to do it or you can record it and send it or whatever. But Give it to the people who've done all the work, who, you know, they're not going to mispronounce a name. Like, they're they're not going to say somebody's a wide receiver when they meant running back. But, you know, they're not going to say the wrong school. Like, they they are very well-versed in these people. Plus, it gives those area scouts, like, the guys who, you know, bust their ass for 360 days a year doing all this stuff with 90% of the guys being undraftable. Like, they get to announce a seventh round pick instead of it just flashing at the bottom of the screen. Like that, that feels like something that wouldn't hurt anybody and it would add credibility to the back half of the draft.
2: And will that is truly the worst is when it gets backed up. When when you're
0: six picks behind. When everyone and their mother knows the
2: next five picks and they're still going through the charade of announcing them.
0: They don't. In so some point, they don't even they don't even draft or they don't even show them anymore. They just say these are the last five picks, and, yeah, and they will yeah. show you like it's like over the over the commercial break. This happened, and I'm like, that to me is like if you're going to do so over rapid the commercial fire? break. I mean, well, but at that point, if you're going to say over the la- over the commercial break, these are the five uh, draft picks that happened. Just cut your show off. Like
1: you're not <laughs> doing your job. Like, it, it would be it's like a weather disrespectful, too, man, honestly, to these guys who get drafted. And you're just like, yeah. oh, these guys just got drafted. If oh, you're so. a weather
0: channel that just talked about the weather from last night, you wouldn't make it. They would come. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your, your show would be all fake like, So it's like, don't <laughs> the like, – The weather recap the impor- show. <laughs> yeah, it's like the importance of this is the, you know, it has to happen in real time. And it's, you know, that's that's the relevance of the show at all. Like, which, the pics are all online. Like, you don't have to you wait. Know, it's the reveal. That, so it's that, like, which, to not
2: understand that is crazy. That reminds me, and we're, after this, we'll we'll bring Justin on the show, Titans Film Room. Um, that reminds me of the most, easily the most bizarre Mike Vrabel press conference I've ever attended. Was, uh, the weather comment is what made me remember this. It was training camp 2018. And, um... I remember I pulled into St. Thomas Sports Park, and I see the Weather Channel truck. And I'm like, what? Like, why? And so we get out to practice, and it's like a little drizzly that day. I mean, but that, you know, that's really it. And so we get to the end of practice, and we're standing around Vrabel doing the press conference. And dude in the back, standing up, wearing a Weather Channel polo and khakis, goes... Uh, coach frable i've got a a weather question for you and i'm like do what and he's like the
1: expert on weather mike frable
2: and he's like (laughs) he asked some question about like how practicing in the rain prepares them for (laughs) adverse weather conditions (laughs) i'll just i'll never forget i looked down at my phone and there's a tweet from Joe Rexroad, the columnist for The Athletic, and it said, uh, Weather Channel guy asking Vrabel weather questions must be a slow news day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, Like, that's so crazy.
2: Like, who thinks like... of that? It's like, well, what are we going to do? He's
1: he doing do? a report? I don't know. Like, yeah, he did. He because like.
2: then after uh, 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 Jared Puffer, who works for Titans PR, brings Adoree Jackson out to have like a one-on-one on-camera
1: chat with this guy.
2: I'm like, why are you here? Adoree? Yeah. What a, what a weird
0: – That like, is
1: so random, man.
0: Stop the nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, like you'll have to remember, Adoree Jackson like came on – in three corner situation oh no, no sorry that was uh, malcolm butler that did that that's my fault because the dory was still playing boundary i was like i was like wait a second i was like at that point like a dory's not even a starter but he was a starter okay so that's a little more palatable than just add asking a backup corner <laughs> of
2: so, the
1: weather so strange it's like on like, simp what, yeah
2: what assignment <laughs> so LeSean, editor like hell? came up with that idea where it's like let's send him to the titans <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the at that point, one of the more boring teams in the NFL to do a weather report. Hmm.
1: Yeah, That really is so weird, man. I don't know.
2: So we're going to do a, uh, a 30 second break and then we're going to bring Titans film room onto the show. All right. So we are joined now, I believe, first time ever, like because we've we've podcasted for three years now and, and we have always wanted you as a guest. And it's just like never worked out. Justin Graver, better known to Titans fans, is at TitansFilmRoom on Twitter. Justin, thank you for joining us, and we're sorry it took so long.
3: I'm sorry, too. Thank you guys for having me. I'm honored to, to be joining you here. It's just that, uh, that West Coast schedule. It's to get it, tough to get it lined up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny. Next week, we're having our annual chat with Justin Mello, who you do the Titans Brawl podcast with. So we're, we're getting the but both ends of that spectrum.
3: Um, Two Justins. There you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. I want to start with this question, and it's one that we asked ourselves last week, and it was honestly really difficult to answer. And it's, you're the Titans, you're on the clock at 29, and in this magical scenario, it just so happens that there is a perfect fit for your team available at every position. Perfect fit.
3: What are you doing? Taking the cornerback. Really? It's not that difficult to me, actually. And why is that? I think because the way that this defense is currently constructed, um, just the roster in general, with the age of the players and the way that contracts are structured in the NFL, the Titans are going to need to get younger at cornerback with elite talent sooner than later. And looking at this particular draft, there's a lot of cornerbacks that that look like they have the potential to be elite shutdown or at least very solid complementary pieces to a good defensive scheme, which I would expect the Titans to continue because they've that's what they've had since Mike Vrabel took over. So I know edge is a big need. I know offensive tackle is a big need. I think tackle is kind of been reduced with Dennis Kelly resigning and with the signing yeah. of Ty Sambrillo. So I don't know that they look at tackle that early. I know edge would work out. I mean, I guess this scenario is if the perfect edge fell to them there, But, and I know edge is a more just coveted position in general, but I also kind of think as the NFL continues to get more and more into this passing league thing, coverage is going to be more important than pass rush because when offenses are able to run those really quick plays, quick passes, there's a lot of plays where the pass rush has no impact on the play at all because the pass is out so quickly. And if you have elite coverage players who can break on balls and cut off those passes, then your defense can really step up a notch, take it to another level.
1: Hey, Justin, it's Matthias here. Uh, do you think, it? well, do if Logan Ryan gets brought back, does that change for you, or do you still think they need to go cornerback given the ages of Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler?
3: I think that's a good yeah, question. Yeah, so that is what I was... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that is what I was thinking is about the ages and even with Logan Ryan coming back, you know, he's going to be 30. I don't know if it it might knock it down a peg. Maybe you don't have to go super early for a cornerback. You look for a guy in the second or third round that you can let sit for a year and develop someone who doesn't someone you wouldn't be relying on to take the field a lot of, for a lot of snaps as a rookie, but it doesn't that's that's the extent I think to which it changes for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think given that there are still some high-profile free agents out there that the Titans are probably interested in, uh, it, it's kind of hard to project what exactly they're going to do in the first round right now.
2: And you know, we, we've talked some someone here about how with Logan Ryan, especially in the postseason, this is sort of your one of your main things that you like to talk about, Matias, is that I think his lack of speed got exposed pretty frequently.
1: Yes, I, yeah. I
3: I fully agree with that. I think that Logan Ryan... The qualities that Logan Ryan brings at this point are more off the field, in the locker room and, and in the week of preparation than they are on the field. And obviously he's a very versatile piece who can be used as a blitzer and who can who's effective in the run game. But not to discredit those, those are important things, but there are a lot of players that can be good blitzers and help in the run game, you know? And there are some players on this roster like Imani Hooker who could probably do that. So... I think what Logan Ryan brings is the value in the in the film room, his experience with being able to point out receivers' tendencies to the younger guys in there, and just being a leader in terms of understanding the scheme because it's a complex defense that they run, and helping the secondary mesh as a unit. I think that's his greatest value. And I do think at a certain point, when that's your greatest value, then you, you can't outprice out yourself in free agency. And I think that that's what Ryan has done to himself here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when we're talking about corner, which I'm glad you bring it up because I think that's where they have to go with how the roster is constructed right now. Anyway, um, I keep coming back when I do these mock drafts to if Gladney falls to me in the first, great. Like, I'll take him almost every time regardless of who else is around. But then if I miss on a corner in the first, I don't feel any inclination to draft one until the third round with the Meek Robertson. Like, am I missing a second-round corner who's good in the slot and you know can play – in you know year one and didn't reach or anything because I, I don't see somebody that I'm so sold that I would spend you know another top 64 pick on
3: it's funny to me because um, Amik Robinson is a guy who it feels like everyone has him picked out as their like sleeper that they love you know and there's guys like Bryce Hall and AJ Terrell who don't really get talked about at all because because they're like in that's the top of that second tier and Amik is more like someone who you can like get in the third round I don't know that he's going to fall to the third round I think that this might be one of those situations where the mock draft machines are lagging on a player's rise or I mean maybe he's just a Twitter darling but I feel like that I feel like Robertson is probably the f- fifth or sixth best corner in this class at the end of the day
0: yeah I mean I, I don't think you're wrong I think uh, Terrell gets a bad rap because of what happened to him versus LSU against you know arguably the best wide receiver tandem you know them and Alabama. So that you know that sometimes you draw a short straw and you get exposed on the national stage, or sometimes you're Kevin Dodd and you have a big game on the national stage. So I, I do think that hurts him, but you know I, I guess for me when I look at the Titans, I, I think they've they've always historically liked really aggressive like downhill corners if that makes sense you know i'm sure you know i'm talking about guys that can aren't afraid to stick their nose in the fan you know if they see pulling guard they're not going to turn their back and let them just get smashed like and that's gladney and Amique robertson to me are guys who i'm like okay i think Amique robertson has something like like double digit sacks or something over his past like three years like just crazy impressive like i'll help in the maybe that's tackles for loss maybe i'm thinking of the wrong stat but either way like he's so productive that with how Rob, John Robinson's drafted defensive backs it's just like if you're athletic at least even mildly athletic and really productive you're going to get a top 100 grade from him as defensive back so i uh, for me I, I just even if they have to spend a second round pick on him there's maybe nobody in the draft i feel more comfortable saying that this front office will like more than uh, Meek Robertson, and maybe the injury. Like uh, you know, I have, I've heard the rumors that he's got some kind of injury or whatever. Maybe those are true, and they knock him down. But other than that, I just can't see how the Titans aren't the team who's highest on him.
3: Yeah, and I I, I really like Gladney too. Gladney's maybe one of my favorite players in this draft that the Titans have a shot at. I don't know if they'll have a shot at him. Realistically, I feel like he's another guy that may be being a little too underrated, but. If the Titans have a shot at Gladney, I think, like you said, when you're doing your mock
1: drafts, like he, ha- he has to be the pick, in my opinion. Do you think they have to target a guy who's going to like slot into the slot immediately, or do you think they could, if someone falls to them that they really like, uh, target a boundary cornerback uh, and maybe push Dory to the slot?
3: It's an interesting question. I mean, I think ideally they'd want to find someone who can be who can be versatile and play in both spots? And I honestly, I don't know that if Gladney is ideally suited to play in the slot. He does seem to profile more as a boundary corner to me. And his three cone, his three cone time at the combine was a disaster. And I don't really know what where that came from. To be honest, he ran a 7.26, I think, and uh, I, that doesn't really show up that much on tape. So I don't, I'm not super concerned about it. But he does seem to be more of an of a boundary. To me, I think that he could be versatile and play play both spots. I think Adoree can play in the slot, and I think can use other guys that are already on the team in the secondary to play in the slot. I mentioned Hooker earlier, but he's a, a guy. and Dane Cruikshank did a lot of coverage out of the slot when he was at Arizona too. So, you know, you never know.
2: I, I want you to talk a little bit to us about the Titans and and how they use wide receivers because before we came on we we were talking about you know does it make sense if they took a receiver in the first round one thing I said was unless it's someone sort of in the mold of a Henry Ruggs who's just really really fast I don't think it makes sense because there's just they don't throw the ball very much and then Will said well maybe they want to move more toward a Tannehill centric offense now that he's under contract long term Henry's not What's your take on that situation? Because I've had this discussion with a lot of people in in person on Twitter who say, well, I think the Titans need to draft a receiver in the first round because you're losing Corey Davis next year. And my response is always, okay, great, you're going to spend a first-round pick on a guy who's going to get five catches a game just because they don't throw the ball.
3: I am pro pro first-round wide receiver, actually. So- okay. I think that the Corey Davis situation does have a lot to do with it because I think John Robinson likes to plan a year ahead in his drafting, and sometimes he drafts for immediate need. We saw that definitely with Jack Conklin in his first draft, but that was when he was taking over a really bad roster. You know, Jeffrey Simmons was, was kind of a weight pick also, and as we see Jarrell Casey being traded out, we don't know if that was part of a long-term plan or not. But to to replace the interior of the defensive line that way. But I do think John Robinson is a guy who always has like a plan and a backup plan in place. And he uses the draft to plan ahead. And so I think that because of the status of Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys would be in a in a year where they could either get out of the contract or it would be the last year of his contract. Is that right? Wait. It would be his third third year of his contract. I think they can get out. I'm not 100 percent sure that's true. But yeah, um and with obviously Tajay Sharp is now gone. AJ Brown looks like a potential bona fide superstar, but the other the other guys on the roster, Khalif Raymond and Cameron yeah. Batson, I don't think you're gonna rely on them to be big time receivers. So at the minimum, you need someone who's gonna take Tajay Sharp's role, which was kind of like the backup X receiver who could also play in the slot. It could also split out as a Z. And definitely. And you need someone to plan ahead for if Corey Davis does leave in free agency, because I think there's a pretty good chance Corey Davis will see his value a lot higher than the Titans do given his production, because he was the fifth overall pick in the draft, and he can say, well, we didn't throw the ball very much if we threw at a league average rate, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff that Titans fans have said to defend Corey Davis for years. So I think that planning for that scenario, it wouldn't shock me. I think wide receiver and cornerback are the two most likely positions to be taken in the first two rounds of the draft.
2: So so I have have two questions off of that then. Number one is based on how we've seen them use Corey Davis or perhaps not use Corey Davis, do you trust that if they take a receiver in the first round they're going to do for him what they need to to make it you know the, the pick worth the value of the, the player worth the value of the pick I, I'll start with that one.
3: Yeah, I think it's all relative. I think, you know, to them, the value of the pick is, is this player going to be productive and do what we ask him to do, which in this case would be be a really good blocker, be a reliable blocker and not put up a fight or a fuss about having to be a reliable blocker. And then getting open when it's time to get open and making tough catches because that's the thing. The Titans offense last year relied on a lot of completions in situations where it was not expected to be completed, which is how Tannehill ends up with the highest completion percentage above expectation. You know, based on the statistical, like all the plays that have happened that have a similar amount of separation and amount of um, velocity on the ball, target depth, uh, pass rushers in vicinity to the quarterback, all those things are calculated and the Titans were way above expected based on all the situations that have happened in the history of the NFL. So, that means you're relying on your receivers to make really good contested catches uh, to help the offense continue to function. So, it, from that standpoint, I do think you can't just have a receiver that's, you know, just a guy type of receiver, just a Tajay Sharp type of receiver, which is why I think Tajay Sharp's allowed to walk at just a million dollars. He signed a contract for one million dollars for one year in Minnesota. Um, which is a a value that Titans could have afforded to pay to a guy who already knows the offense if they really wanted to, you know? So I think that you need someone who is able to execute in those situations and make contested catches, which means you might have to look for a receiver higher in the draft. So
2: my last question on the receivers is this, and this is a debate that we've had on this show for years and it's (laughs) sort of become a running joke between Will and and me, but I'm genuinely curious as to your thoughts, you know, Corey Davis clearly has not had the kind of career that the Titans probably expected when they took him fifth overall. So is that Corey Davis just isn't that good? Is it operator error or is it as our good friend, Marcus Mariota would say a
3: combination of both? I do think it's a combination of both, but I, I think Corey Davis is still like, I still think he has the potential to be a productive receiver in the right situation. If, if he was, swapped places with chris godwin i think he could have put up similar numbers to what chris godwin did this season you know mm-hmm. like on a purely on a talent level now i do think there's something to be said about that attitude the i want the ball attitude versus the humble team guy i don't care go about my business and do my job kind of thing that corey davis is like i don't think he really does demand the ball which kind of suppresses his production and, you know, there's been plenty of people on Twitter who post clips of Corey Davis, like, being wide open and Tannehill throws it a, a different way. Or the few times that Corey Davis was, like, targeted on a deep route downfield, it was, like, the few times that Tannehill overthrew a receiver downfield. And meanwhile, when A.J. Brown's running, like, a streak down the sideline, like, the play against the Texans, and it's a perfect throw over the shoulder. You know, Corey Davis didn't get that perfect throw this year. So it's hard to say. Um, I do think the sample size, because the Titans pass the ball, so few so so limited compared to the rest of the league that it's hard to say but I don't know I mean just based on his talent I don't think that he's overrated by Titans fans but I do think that you know his production isn't like you said it's not the career we expected
1: uh, I wanted to go back to your point about the Titans needing a receiver who's really good in contested catch situations, uh, and get your thoughts on who that could be in this draft. Because I mean, ideally that's Ceedee Lamb, but we're probably not going to get C.D. Lamb. He's just that good, and we have too late of a pick. Uh, but there are guys in this draft, maybe Denzel Mims, T. Higgins, uh, even Chase Claypool to an extent. He showed that that showed it off in college, the ability to go up and get the ball uh, with cornerbacks draped on them. Who do you think is All right, as Will said at the beginning, we're going to be turning this
2: episode with Titans Film Room into two parts. So we're going to break it right here. Part two of the interview will be out on Friday. So be sure to come back to our podcast feed on Friday for part two of Titans Film Room. In the meantime, you can follow Titans Film Room on Twitter at Titans Film Room. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at No Nonsense Pod. We'll see you on Friday.